0: Okay, I'm going to invite you to return to your seats, and we're going to continue. Hopefully your kids are set up with something to do. We have to keep going so that Jeff can have his full hour and a half to preach, right? (laughs) You take the time that you need, though, brother. Let's pray. Lord, listening to the conversations happening is wonderful. It is a work of Jesus among us that he turns strangers into family and family into people who learn to love one another. It is a work of Jesus among us as a result of his coming. And we bless you and thank you We say, praise you, Lord. We continue to enter into the season of your birth, your coming, and the newness of a new year and the expectation that comes with that. And whether we are so ready to say goodbye to 2023 or whether we are entering into 2024 with trepidation, we pause and remind ourselves Jesus is king. Christ, the king, was born among us. And as we sang, be born in us again today. And it is King Jesus who is here. It is King Jesus that we worship. It is King Jesus who holds the keys and who steers the wheel in 2024. Because of that, we enter into this new year with confidence, expectation even. Because the good King is on the throne. And for that, we once again say praise you, Lord, and bless you. And thank you, good King, that you give us your word. Thank you for the gift of the scriptures, which though we have read them many times, speak always new and afresh to us. As we look back on Christmas and ahead to a new year, there are treasures in your word for the moments into which we enter. So come, Lord, speak to us from your word and may your beautiful and good spirit be present and at work planting the good seed where it belongs. Would you take it deep into each one of us so that as your word is spoken and the seed is spread, you will do your part. Would you guide us in doing ours that we would have ears to hear your good news, ears to hear how you love your people and speak to your people, are renewing your people and inviting us in to discover how deep and beautiful the kingdom of God is. Come, King Jesus, once again. Have your way among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Our brother... Dear Jeff Gowdy, it's coming to share with us again. I very much appreciate you coming. Thank you so much, brother. You really don't need an introduction because I, every time you come here, I can tell you just feel like part of the family. So we feel that way about you and are so grateful for you to come and share the word with us this morning. So welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Pastor Ben. Well, I really do. My wife and I really do feel like part of the family here. And we're just, I'm just so thankful to be here. And I just want to say thank you again for all your prayers and support and love that you've shown our family. And uh, this morning, I, I want to share on, I had a total different message a week ago. And then this week, God's been really speaking to me about this coming year of 2024. And a question I often will ask is, uh, what do do I want? What does God want for my life? What do I want to see in 2024? And I ask God to give me that vision, that picture. And this year, uh, what I really desire for my life is that over my life would be written, hallowed be thy name. In this year that God's name would be glorified in and through me. That he would be seen and what I want for my marriage is that written over my marriage would be hallowed be thy name. I so desire for written over every one of my child, children's lives would be hallowed be thy name. I know a burden for this room is... That over, written over the church in central Alberta, in Red Deer, would be written, hallowed be thy name. I would so love to see written over those who don't know Christ. that started this year, 2024. That there'd be such a powerful work in, those, in many people's lives that the town would be talking, the city, I mean, would be talking about how great God is in saving souls. I would love to see written over Red Deer hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That this year, God's kingdom would come to many, many people in this community. And the simplicity of it, you know, those first three petitions of the Lord's Prayer that written over all of our lives would be, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done. That we would truly be able to say with that verse, that I could say by the end that I, that I would seek first, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added unto us. We, I, I always say to Janny, we never have to worry about all these things being added. The only thing I have to worry about is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But I want that to be written over every one of our lives in 2024. I prayed with a group of guys in Melford, kind of like the group here. I tell you, I got some great friends in this church, and it reminds me so much of the group of guys that I prayed with in Melfort, Saskatchewan. There's a group that prays every Monday morning here. There's a group that there's some of the ones that come and join on Monday nights, and you guys pray Thursday nights, and I was in a group of guys in Melfort, Saskatchewan, and I, I never, they, they, their, their whole heartbeat was, hallowed be thy name. They came together to pray. And that was, and there was a verse that God had given us that, um, it's in Psalm 83. And if you look at Psalm 83, it's, it, it's about David, or I guess I think David wrote this Psalm anyways, but about how the, there was an enemy coming against them. And he just said, Lord, help us, save us. And at the very end of the psalm, it says, would you, would you save us? Would you help us? And then he says, the very last verse, so that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth. And that was sort of the heartbeat of prayer. Lord, would you save this person would be the prayer so that everyone would know that you whose name alone is Jehovah is the most high over all the earth. I hope that this year God does something so powerful in this church, in all of our lives, so that everyone in Red Deer would know that God whose name alone is Jehovah art the most high over all the earth. I speak to a lot of people that are very strong in their religion. They're in a man-made religion. And there's no use for somebody leaving one man-made religion to go to another man-made religion. They probably never would. But when you see the reality of God, when you see the power of God, that causes people to turn to the true and living God. Just like Elijah on Mount Carmel. Why don't we just see who the real God is? And the one that sent fire was the real. (laughs) There was no question after that was over. And I feel the same thing. When God sends the fire of his Holy Spirit, there's no question. Who is the real God? Who? They, need, they said, the Lord, he is God. And so in order for it to be written across my life, hallowed be thy name, my life will definitely not glorify God. But the life of Christ, the Spirit of God, if we can, if we can be filled with the Spirit, then God will be glorified. You will not be seen. You will not lift yourself up. God will be lifted up. And so I pray for every one of you in this room that your life this year will be written right across it for everyone to read. Hallowed be thy name. And that's what we're praying for. And that group that I was with there in in Melford, I've shared a little bit of this story with some of you. I want to share later in this one fellow's life. But I still remember those guys just with such sincerity. Like a lot, like the way many of these, many of you in this room, I pray with you, this deep sincerity and a deep honesty. Whenever I begin to see sincerity and honesty, you know that soon something is going to happen. And they prayed, "Oh God, please glorify Your name in this town." And they would bring people before the Lord to be saved. And I remember one of the fellows in this prayer meeting sharing that, you know, we we need to really pray this year for God to be glorified. And he started asking God for trophies. There's some people, they said, we wouldn't even have the nerve to pray for in this community. And he said, we want to start asking God to just pick out some trophies. I know I was saved here in Red Deer. I didn't grow up here. But I'll tell you, the guy that led me to Christ, Dale Callahan, He was a trophy for the grace of God. I mean, you could never look at him and look at his life and say, this this wasn't God. It was just God written all over his salvation. And God used him to lead me to Christ. But this fellow back in Melford, he, he said, let's begin to pray for God to save people in such a way that he'll get so much glory. And we saw him do it. We saw him save so many people that were just, it was like, wow, God. How did you do that? And so we're praying for here, here in this community, here. Many people all over are praying, God, save people, touch people. And when God would touch some of them, like some of them were drug dealers, some of them were just alcohol, just, it was just so neat to watch God transform their lives. And this same guy, he told us, he said, he just had heard a message from a preacher about a few months earlier. And he, he was so touched by it that he tried he did that. And it was at New Year's message. And this man said, this preacher said, I want everyone in this room to ask God for at least one soul. A soul that God's working in. We don't know who God's working in. We don't even know. But he said, I want you to ask God for one soul or, or more. And I want you to pray fervently for them for a few months. He said, it's New Year's now, and we're going to pray for that soul. But whoever God puts on your heart, I want you to pray for them. And then this was the hard part. He said, and, and you need to be ready because at Easter, you can either invite them to the Easter service. And he said, I'll give a gospel message, or I want you to tell them the gospel. And you ask God to lead you. I want you to ask God to lead you to a soul to pray for, for a burden. You know, you've, I'm sure everyone in this room had a burden for, for lost souls. And you begin to pray and you get a burden in your life and in your heart. And then he said, on Easter, we're going to share the gospel. Or, you, or if you can't share the gospel, invite them to the Easter service. And so they did. And God saved. It was, it was great because God led them to do it. And this fellow said, I feel like in our prayer meeting, we're, we're to do this. We're going to pray that God will put a soul on your heart. And we were earnest. We were sincere. We were scared. But we did. We began to pray. God put someone on our hearts. And who God put on my heart was a guy I knew. He was two years older than me in school. And he was a fighter. Man, I, he, he was really, really good to me. My older brother was in his grade, and he always treated me really, really nicely. But I saw him treat other people not that nicely. And so he was, he was violent. And then you bring alcohol into that. And so he'd gotten into a lot of trouble. He'd sold drugs in our community and other things. And, but yet, if you met him, he, he was really a nice person until you got on the wrong side of him. He was a really great hockey player in our community. He was a cowboy and he, he, he was a professional chuck wagon racer. His dad was a real cowboy. Oh, man. But anyways, this guy, this, I, I started praying for God to put someone on my heart. And I hadn't seen him for years. And God put him on my heart. And I, I, you know how when you take a thing out of the bag and you look at the name, oh, no, I wouldn't put that one back. And I, I thought, oh, man, I don't know if I want this one. But God really put a burden on my heart. And so I told my wife and Jannie was also, she was with a group of ladies that I'll tell you that, that ladies group was a praying group and they were praying. And so she said, I'll pray with you, Jeff. And, and so we prayed and, and we prayed for this fellow. His name was Tim. And it was quite a few months that I was praying for him. And Jannie said, aren't you supposed to tell him about the Lord. And I thought, oh man. I And so I, I I started praying and praying more and more. And then all of a sudden, one day I saw him in town. I want to get to his wife, in a, in a, the story of his, but you have to hear this part to get to the, but anyways, so I saw his truck. He had a, you know, he, got, he won a big truck wagon race and got to, this truck he got to lease for a year or two and with name and all that stuff was on. I saw it in town, I thought, I thought he would be already at the rigs because he'd work in the rigs in the winter. And he, so I saw his truck and I said to Janny after I got home, I said, Jan, I think I have to phone to him. If, if I don't phone him right away, I'm sinning. And so I phoned him and he, he. he I hadn't talked to him for years. I turned away from that life quite a while earlier. and And he, so I phoned him and I said, I said, hi, you know, and he, oh man, Jeff, he said, I haven't talked to you for so long. It's so good to hear your voice. And I said, well, Tim, I was just wondering if it would be okay if we went for coffee. And he said, well, I have to go. I'm, I've been waiting to go back to the rigs for a while. It's really slow. So I, I, I haven't gone and it's a miracle I'm still here. So he said, I'd love to go for coffee. So we met that. He said, but we should do it this afternoon because I have to leave right away. So we went to the this, Smitty's this in our town and, and we met and And I I don't like people beating around the bush with me. So I just said to him, I said, Tim, would it be okay if I told you about Jesus and what's happened in my own life? And he said, wow, he said, I would would really like that. And he said, it's the funniest thing. And this was the way he put it. He said, you know, I knew you became a Christian. I knew that. And I was really happy for you. But he said if you'd have phoned me six months ago because we're friends, I would have said, oh, yeah, yeah, and he, uh, I would get together with you. But he said, then I would have become as busy as a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest, he said. And he said, I would have just brushed you off. But he said, it's so funny. He said, but the last three months, all I can think about is God. And then I started tearing up because I couldn't believe it. I, you know, this tough, tough, tough guy just sitting there. And you could already tell, that his eyes were welling with tears. And so all I did was just tell him what Jesus had done for me. And he just started bawling in this restaurant. And he was crying and crying. And then partway through, another friend of both of ours, this guy was even tougher than Tim. He came in and sat down and Tim just basically told him to get lost. And he was pretty hurt, I could tell. And this guy came to Tim's baptism and he was just bawling like a baby when Tim told the story. And he said, I, I interrupted you guys that day. Boy, you guys were rude, he said. <laughs> but anyways, this guy came. And so Tim got rid of him. And and this guy, just he just listened and listened. He said, this is what I've been wanting to hear. He said, I've been thinking about God all the time. He said, would it be okay if my wife came tonight to your house and you could tell her exactly what you just told me? He said, I don't think I could do this. And he said, could you just tell her? And I said, well, that would be great. And I said, another one of his friends who we've been praying for these trophies in Melfort. And I'll tell you, there was about seven of them. I would have put the top 10, you know, seven of them were, were born again. And one of them was his buddy who was afraid to tell him that he'd become a Christian because he knew Tim. And he said, well, this friend of yours has become a Christian and I'm sure he would love to be there tonight too. He said, he's become, a, oh, that would be great. So he came that night too. And, and so we shared with Tim and his wife named is Melissa and they both just tears again and he he never went to the rigs for a few weeks after that and almost every day he'd just want to come over and talk more about God and so partway through I thought I should ask him like Tim have you thought about giving your life to Christ and he said oh he said that's all I can think about but he said I've, I've realized that I need to give everything to God and he said I just need to count the cost. There's a couple areas of my life that I'm holding on to. And I'm thinking, he's never been to church, I'm pretty sure. And I said, where did you hear that count the cost? Like, where where did you hear that before? He says, I don't know. I just know I need to count the cost. And I showed him in the Bible where the Bible said you need to count the cost. And he was touched by that. And so he kept coming and kept coming. And finally, I said to him after a while longer, I said, have you counted the cost, Tim? Are you ready to give your life? To, and he just started weeping. And he said, Jeff, I have counted the cost. I'm ready to give everything to God. But he said, I can't be a Christian. And I said, why can't you be a Christian? And he said, I'm too wicked. You've, you know me. I have done things that, I'm, that God could never forgive me for. And I said, well, actually now, Tim, I think you're ready to become a Christian. Those are actually the only people that became, can become Christians is someone who sees themselves as they really are and i showed him the pitch the the story of the of the Pharisee and the publican and he said the Pharisee could never be saved he could never be justified by god but the publican who beat on his breast and said god be merciful to me i said that's you right there you can be and he was just overjoyed because i said it's not it's not by what you've done that's the whole point of christianity it's what he's done for you and you just need to humble yourself and receive the free gift that God has given you, of salvation. And he did. But he said, Jeff, I want to do this with my wife, though. I know she's ready to, too, and I, this I can't explain to her. And so he said, I'm going to go home, and I want to, I want to get saved with my wife. And so he went home, and, and, he got, and, and he said later, he said, we both just knelt on the ground. And he was about to go back to the rigs. He was going to take a lesser job that he just said, I have to get back. And I knew he wasn't going back until he got saved. But he said, I have to get back. And so him and his wife went home and they, he said, we knelt on the living room floor and got the carpet all wet from the tears just coming off their faces. They both gave their lives to Christ together on the living room floor. And then Tim got a call from, the, from this job that he'd been trying to get for years. He got a call and they said they offered him the job and they offered his wife a job. She was a farm girl. She could drive anything. And they offered her a job too. And so they were just ecstatic, you know, so excited. And he said, I got three days. I'm coming over and I'm going to be spending all my time with you till I have to go so I can learn all about being a Christian. And, and, he, and God just changed the guy's life. I mean, every other word would have been a swear word. And God cleaned his mouth up like you wouldn't believe People would be talking about him all the time. One little tiny story about how God changed him was he used to fight at the drop of a hat. And when we played hockey together, and one night we were at hockey, and and uh, I could tell something was really bothering him. And this tough, tough guy. We're skating around, and before the game even started, he says, we got to go to the bench. And the tears just started coming down his face. He said, Jeff, I can't believe what I just did. I was at a hockey game, and him and his nephew and my son played hockey together. But he said... I was in a hockey game, and uh, this guy was, because his dad would always get mad at him on the ice, too. His dad was pretty tough on him, and uh, he, this dad was drunk and was yelling at a kid on the ice, and so Tim thought he'd help him out. He said, I knew how that felt. And so he went over to try to tell the guy, you know, you shouldn't do this. You know, you don't want to do it. Let's go back here, and we'll talk. And so he starts talking to this guy who was so drunk, and he said, you shouldn't be yelling at your boy out there. He's embarrassed. And this guy got angry, started swinging at him. And he was just like, "Stop it, stop it. You know, and, and then he started to bawl. And he said, then he said something about Melissa. And I dropped him. And I, he said, I can't believe it. He said, how can I be a Christian? And, and his buddy was there, the other friend that had be. He said, Tim, look at it this way. Before you'd have hit him right off the bat. And now you waited for so long. But Tim, but it was the conviction of God. Like he, he stopped fighting. He stopped swearing. He stopped all these things. And it, it, God began to fill him with such a joy and such a love that people all over the community, they were afraid of him. So they'd always ask me, what happened to Tim? And so it was like written across Tim's life was, hallowed be thy name. God changed him. And he had opportunity to talk to people most people could never talk to because he couldn't shut up about God. But his wife, and this is the part I wanted to talk about, because, you know, you look at him and go, wow, Tim was this and that and the other. And now he's just so changed. But there's a verse in the Bible that talks about um, how when John the Baptist came, he came to prepare the way for the And When Jesus would come, he would pull, melt down the mountains. Do you remember that passage? He would lift up the valleys. He'd make the crooked ways straight and the rough ways smooth. Well, Tim was over-aggressive. And he told me later, he said, my wife would never, ever speak against me, ever. Because I was so aggressive and so You know, he was this very outgoing, his wife was very quiet and very shy and very timid. And to see Tim melted down was so beautiful. But to see Melissa lifted up was just as beautiful. She became so outgoing and and just filled with joy. And I remember the one time Tim said, he said, Melissa told me off the other day. That's the first time ever in our marriage. And he just started to cry. He said, I can't believe I've been such a tough fellow. But he said, I was just so glad to see how God has worked in her life where she could step out and speak up. And she would speak for Jesus. And God began to change her life. And in their lives, they'd, Tim had a bunch of assault charges and things like that. And his dad was really rough on him. But I do remember his dad came to me one time and with tears coming down his face. And he shook my hand. He said, thank you for telling my son about Jesus. His life has completely changed. And I think it saved his physical life. And I said, I didn't do it. It's God that did. But he was so thankful. And God began to change his dad. But Tim's dad wasn't easy to grow up with. And so Tim felt that he wouldn't have been the greatest dad at the time either, I don't think. But now that he got saved... He was just a complete, and, and it also says it brings the, the, brings down the mountain, lifts up the valley, but it also makes crooked ways straight. And it smooths the rough edges. And Tim had a lot of rough edges, and God just smoothed them out. But he said then, he said, I think now I'm ready to be a dad. But they, he was 50 years old almost, and they were not able to have children. They, they tried, and it just, they tried so many things, and it never worked for them to have children. And they couldn't adopt because he had so many assault charges that they would never look at him. The only way they could ever adopt was if somebody gave them their child. It would have to be a personal person, a personal person, a person coming and just saying, I want you to have my child. And so they started praying that God would help them. And Melissa always wanted to be a mom. And so this young girl who had a baby out of wedlock. She didn't want to keep the baby. And so she'd seen Tim and Melissa, and she said, I'd like to give you guys my baby. They were like over the top, so excited, so overjoyed. And so they spent a lot of money. They took care of the mother as best they could. And they they said, it's like we got two daughters, but they they really loved this girl. And she was supposed to have signed these papers to say that she's giving over the child. And And uh, she didn't. But they thought she had. And they had this sweet little baby for about eight months. And then the the mother of the child said, I want my baby back. And they just came and took her. And I have never, like grief, you see grief? Melissa was absolutely devastated by it. Tim was devastated too. And I will never, ever forget, we went out to their farm, and uh, she was she just couldn't talk. The, Tim's family was mostly there, and everybody was quite upset, you know, what had happened. And Melissa just, she couldn't even talk. There's just the tears, all the whole time we were there, was just tears coming. Her face was soaking wet, and she didn't say a word the whole time. And other people were, oh, I can't believe she'd do that to us, and, and on and on. You know how we, I mean, that would be just normal and so people were upset and and we had this time together and then i asked if i could pray for everybody and and before i prayed melissa she stopped me and said jeff and never does she step like talk in a conversation where there's that many people let alone interrupt and and say i have to say this and i've been in places where i've seen worship before but that day i tell you It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen is this mother who everybody was so upset and she she had just been so much wanting to be a mother. And she said, I just want to say this to you all and to anyone who wants to hear it. But she said, I just want to say how much I love God and how I am not at all upset at God. I want you to know this, she said. And she said, I just want to thank God before all of you for the, she said how many days it was, for the, I think it's 79 days that I got to be a mother. And then she just totally broke down. She said, I've had one Mother's Day and I want to thank God for that. And I want you to know that I'm not upset at all. And I worship God here in front of you all. She's only been a Christian for not that long. Everybody, it was as though, like these were all non-Christian people it was as though the spirit of God just fell on us all. Everyone was weeping before God and she worshiped God. I've seen people in this room worship God. And whenever someone truly worships God, Wes and I were just talking, sometimes we can get so busy doing things for God when God's just waiting for us to worship him. And that's when I feel in my own personal, looking out of my own eyeballs, when I've seen God glorified, is when we worship him. And that lady worshiped God in front of us all. And we all got to, the water of God was just pouring onto that lady. And we got soaking wet. And I remember leaving that time, whatever you want to call that was. I didn't even pray because there was no need to pray after that. And I remember leaving, getting into my van. And I don't know if it was God telling me or me just thinking, they're going to have a baby. Within three months, they had their own baby. And I'll tell you, that little baby, in that town, everybody knows, Tim told everybody, God gave me my baby. And that baby has him so wrapped around her little finger. But that child, written across her life, was hallowed be thy name. There is a God. And people talked about it all the time. And from that little prayer meeting where one guy's just praying, Lord, please just glorify your name, he did. And it went from one person. Because that day when Melissa prayed, the next day Tim told me this story. He said, I tried to say, the next day he said, I tried, I said, I felt so bad, but he said, I said, why would God let this happen to us? And Melissa, she says, it's about this tall. And he's like, she got up on her and she said, don't you ever talk about God like that in front of me. You can think it if you want, but don't ever ask a question like that in front of me. And Tim was so rebuked by that. And then later he wept and said, I'm so sorry, God, for for wondering about about what you're doing. And so they both worshiped God and God was glorified. And I feel like that's the, when I said, Lord, I want your, I want hallowed be thy name written across my life. Oh and, and the reason why I've been thinking about this so much was I went back to Melford a few months ago, Jan and I, to see my mom and some of my siblings. And Tim wasn't there, he was working away and Melissa came. I got to see this beautiful little nine-year-old. She we didn't even we, we moved away right after she was born. So we've hardly known her. But this little they named their baby after our daughter Elizabeth. And so they call her Ellie. And I tell you, I could hardly contain myself when I, when I met her. She's the most sweetest little child. And growing to church, loving God, and it was just glory to God in the highest. It was like, wow. And so as I think about it, how can I glorify God this year? How can I have hallowed be thy name written across my life? Well, it's worship. Every day. Just, we've already heard that today. Thank you so much. We need to worship him every day. Lay everything before him. And, and when you see someone else who's really worshiping God, really filled with God's spirit, that's what revival often is. It's when one person's touched. Then you can't help but see the power and glory of God. Through this little family, many people have been touched. Through a guy just telling us all, we need to pray this certain way. And so I want to just, Say, I remember uh, John Piper making this statement. It was, he said it was his life statement. God is most glorified in me when I'm most satisfied in Him. We can Wes even just said it. Just I couldn't even believe it. You know, we can run around and do all these things and try to be doing work for God, which is a very good thing. But if we're going out without getting our hearts right. God can do more in a few moments than we can do in our whole lifetimes. And I've seen where one person, I've seen people in this room where they worshiped God. And I was deeply, deeply touched. And so Melissa dealt with her bitterness and gave over even having children to God. Gave over the dearest thing in her life as a gift to God and God gave it back to her. But when she gave that worship, God glorified his name in and through her life. And I want that same thing in my own life. If I want hallowed be thy name, if you want hallowed be thy name, if you want God to be glorified in and through your life, we need to just come before him in total abandonment and trust and worship him and watch what he can do. And then begin to pray for God to do that for others too. There's no greater place to be than right with God. That is the greatest place you could ever be. And so we need to take the time and, as we, and, and, and truly worship God in spirit and in truth and watch what God does in 2024 because it is wonderful. When, and, and that's what this town needs. You know that Psalm 83 we talked about at the very beginning, and I'll close with this, where the enemy was coming in and David prayed, Lord, would you stop him? Stop the enemy so that everyone knows that thou whose name alone is Jehovah art the most high over all the earth. You just go outside this door and the enemy is coming. I'll just go into my own heart and the enemy's coming to get us. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But we need to cry out to God and say, God, would you just stop him and touch and transform lives for your glory? so that everyone knows that thou whose name alone is Jehovah art the most high over all the earth. And let's pray this year. God, would you save souls this year so that all their circle, that they've lived beside all these years, whether it be a Tim who's just wild, or a Melissa who needs to be lifted up and encouraged and strengthened. Whatever it is, whatever God does in somebody's life, where the rough places are made smooth and everybody goes, how is that even possible? How could someone go from a different language, like Tim had a totally different language, to not swearing? They said that about the Welsh revival. The horses needed to all be retrained because they stopped swearing and they didn't understand the, 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 the minors. But when you see something like that, you just go, this is only could be God. That's what I, I'm praying. Lord, do some work in this town that everyone knows that it could only be the Lord God Of the Bible. Only God did this. And you want your life that just say, God. For me, it's patience. My kids need to, it's God. If dad's patient, it's God. It's got to be God. Or, you know, whatever it is in your life, just say, God, I, I need you to be glorified in my life. And help me to reach others so that you can be glorified in their lives too. So I'll just close in prayer. Dear God, I just want to thank you for these stories that, you know, we could go on all day long. Every one of us in this room, we've seen you work and do things that just only you could ever do. And I want to thank you for Tim, such a great friend and how you've changed his life and his little girl. And, and Melissa, thank you, Lord, for how you've glorified. And I pray you'd keep them. Keep them in your way. And that they would always love you. But I pray for all of us here in this room, Lord, that you'd do such a powerful work in each one of our lives. That you'd have your name written all over us. Your glory. I pray that written across all of our lives in this year would be hallowed be thy name. And that your kingdom would come to those around us. And I just do pray that in this community, you'd be working in people's lives. We know you are. We've, we, we see it. But we want to join you. We don't want to be racing around like chickens with our head cut off, but we want to join you in what you're doing. So, Lord, lead us to those people that you're touching and help us to encourage them towards you. Help us to tell them the greatest news there ever was. And this year, I pray that we would learn how to be still and know that you are God. And that we'd receive all power after the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we'd be witnesses unto you. And that we'd sanctify you in our hearts. And then be ready to give a reason of the hope that's in us with meekness and fear. Oh God, there's no way my life will glorify you. And so I pray you'd fill me and everyone in this room with your Holy Spirit. That you'd empty us of all of our idols, all of our sin. And fill us with your Holy Spirit so that The rivers of your living water could flow through us and get people around us wet. So, God, we pray for this coming year, let it be hallowed be thy name. That you do a work in us that men would know that thou whose name alone is Jehovah art the most high over all the earth. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Hear the word of the Lord, friends. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley will be filled. Every mountain and hill will be lowered. The crooked places will become straight and the rough roads will become smooth. And all flesh, all people will see the salvation of God, especially as we glorify him. For some of you, the next step in glorifying him might be receiving his forgiveness. For some of you, it might be extending his forgiveness. Please consider that as we close. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Have a great week, everyone.